0: All right, Creatures of the Night, welcome to episode 89 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of autism. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my co-host the newest official member of the Right to Censor, Mr. Travis White. Travis, how's your first week on duty with the Right to Censor been?
1: Oh, it's been great, man. It's been busy, although not as busy as it would have been back in 2001. A lot of things, like, nowadays is PC, and a lot of people walk on eggshells with things they say, so it hasn't been that tough, but I am happy. Uh, It's been a good first week. I had my birthday this week, too. You know, it's been good. been good. I've been excited, so... Thank all you fans out there who uh, liked the video and uh, saw the Good Father inducting me into the Right to Censor as an honorary member. It feels good.
0: So. <laughs> well, I don't know how we're going to top that, man. I don't I think don't we know. can. I don't think we can ever <laughs> top that. But we're going to continue soldiering on this encyclopedic <laughs> exploration and going through the next chapter of that interview's career. We had a Hall of Famer on the show. I know, man. I don't know if <laughs> Thanks to Thanks to you, that. man. Thanks, the,
1: brother. Next step oh. is Taker
0: himself. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, there's no in-between yeah. right there. We've already
1: got in the BSK. Now we got to go straight to the top. Uh, I mean,
0: <laughs> he's got an open date on his calendar now that he's not going to StarCast anymore. It's
1: true. That's true.
0: Exactly. See what we
1: can do on Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> he's not busy.
0: Hey, like we've always said, we'll provide the barbecue.
1: Exactly. <laughs> schmidt's family barbecue uh
0: maybe there. maybe shade's rib shack i don't know if i can afford. <laughs> <pour a shred. laughs>
1: we'll, we'll see
0: but uh, before we get there we gotta talk about the next chapter here on our pay-per-view journey as we are covering vengeance 2002 and a triple threat battle between the undertaker the rock and kurt angle That is a stacked match right there dude i oh, think yeah. three is gonna be our magic number tonight
1: Oh, absolutely, it will, man. This is going to be a, a fun one to cover, and not just the match itself, but this buildup, dude. This Taker undisputed title run has been a blast to cover, man. This crazy stuff he's doing, and the miniature feuds he's in, and it's just—it's awesome. And we're going to cover tonight one of the matches. This not a pay per view, but one of the matches on Raw that everyone has been asking us to cover since day one we started this. So I can't wait to get to that. I watched it tonight. Even though I wasn't covering it, you're covering it. I watched it to prep for it. I can't wait to get to it.
0: Not only that, but another iconic debut and another moment that is just, you know, always etched in WWE history and lore, uh, featuring another man who happens to share your birthday, Travis.
1: He does. uh, Nine years older than me, though. But yeah.
0: (laughs) We'll get to that. You can't see me or him. (laughs) We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, But first. Like you said, let's dive in here. Let's take that time-traveling motorcycle back all the way to June 24th, 2002. We're going to pick up the night after King of the Ring 2002, which we covered on last week's episode, overshadowed a bit by that run-in from the good father himself, but (laughs) The Undertaker was able to defeat Triple H, but not without some interference from The Rock in that title match, and all of this action going on here uh at like I said at Raw June 24th 2002 has got Vince McMahon inspired right here to give I mean th- this episode is full of iconic moments and memories cuz Vince McMahon's kicking off this episode of Raw with his speech about
1: <clears throat> ruthless aggression
0: ruthless aggression
1: <laughs> oh man oh that word those words will forever be etched in my brain from Me too. This night, from this night, <laughs> seventeen years ago. <laughs> oh. So,
0: in like our third or fourth reboot of Monday Night Raw this past year already, <laughs> Vince has got the <laughs> raw, the entire Raw roster gathering the ring, which is like fifteen dudes <laughs> at this point, yeah, and a couple really? of divas. It looks kind of sad, but you know he's given this speech. This is where this whole ruthless aggression era is birthed from. I don't know where Vince got off on this whim with this phrase that he. Came up with in the middle of the night, but this is we're gonna see it. You know, for months and months. This, but it's his cornerstone. It's his catchphrase. It's what he wants to inspire out of the RAW roster. So Vince is talking about there's one guy who absolutely has ruthless aggression. A guy by the name of Brock Lesnar. So again, continuing that mega push. We're gonna see how to mm-hmm. take a run into him soon. Vince wants to see if he can inspire it in Jeff Hardy. So he's going to give Jeff a non-title match against The Undertaker tonight to continue their feud. And ultimately, Vince wants to know who wants it, who wants this opportunity. Because if they don't want it, then he doesn't want them around anymore. So, again, we've kind of seen this scene a lot of times in wrestling, especially in the WWE, where the roster's around, the GM, the manager... Whoever's trying to inspire them. Uh, but this is one of the first times that I can remember it really happening here. And it's, you know, kind of setting the scene for this new era.
1: Oh yeah. And this is um man, it's yeah, like you said, we've had Vince's authority figure now for a couple years, but we haven't had the GM role yet. We've had him and and Flair running the shows last couple months. But other than that, like you said, this is one of the first times we get like a general manager type Authority figure inspiring people and this and that and the other, and oh, it's going to be drugged to death for, oh, the, it for is. the next 17 years. So.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so, and right. I mean, if you want to talk about starting a new era, who do you go to first but Sergeant Slaughter? Oh. Who, <laughs> <laughs> most, most definitely. Yeah, right, sympathizer. Yeah. Uh, who Vince is talking to here. Sergeant <laughs> Sarge. And, uh, Vince says he he wants to get rid of some weak links here, and I'm sorry to tell you this, Travis, but first up is Tommy Dreamer, and as Vince calls him, this guy Raven, as if he's (laughs) never heard of him before, just becoming familiar with him.
1: Raven used to, as a shoot, have an office at the Stanford building. (laughs) He was in the office on the third floor helping write creative. Uh,
0: Vince is just getting acquainted with him here. But uh, hes uh, yeah. he says they used to be stars somewhere else, but they're not cutting it on Raw, which is a bit of a shoot. So they're going to have and a...
1: Vince's fault.
0: 100%.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry.
0: Well, they're going to have a Loser Leaves Town match tonight. Uh, and yeah. then Vince walks into his office where another buxom blonde is waiting for him. This time it's Jackie Gata wearing a <laughs> trench coat who delivers the most painful dialogue you will ever hear on a professional wrestling program. It is and that's the high or a low that's, bar right there. That's bad. It's brutal. Mr.
2: McMahon I just wanna tell you how much you inspire me and and how much how much I really love this business and how aggressive
0: I can be. If you thought her wrestling was bad, you gotta to listen to her try to cut a promo.
1: It's the promo version of her wrestling.
0: Is that what you're saying? It's somehow worse is what I'm saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awful. Well, she's talking about how she wants to show ruthless aggression by going out and winning the Golden Thong Award on the Divas Undressed <laughs> special tomorrow night. Which, did you cover uh, that? Uh, Are we going uh, to cover that in a minute here? <laughs> I did do some research for the show tonight, but I didn't take any notes. My, I was kind of busy. gotcha.
1: Okay. Okay. I couldn't find on a network. Oh,
0: it's on a different network. <laughs>
1: anyway a different the, different hub you can find it on. I have
0: I do have a point in saying this because yes. the Undertaker is gonna interrupt Vince and Jackie Gata's <laughs> porno scene here, just shaking his head at Vince and Jackie and Jackie runs away. Uh, Yes, people, this is why we do this podcast, because we get to talk about The Undertaker and Jackie Gata, but (laughs) uh, he tells Vince he's upset about last night, and you know if he didn't happen to be the baddest man on the planet, he might have lost his title last night, so uh, he wants to have The Rock in a match tonight. Undertaker says, no, 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 The Rock showing up on Raw last week was a one-time deal, so he's going to give him Jeff Hardy tonight and take her promises to make Jeff famous the old-fashioned way since Vince wants new stars and all. So building up that match, uh, Jeff's going to cut a promo backstage where Matt gives him a pep talk. and It's kind of sort of setting the seeds for the uh, the Hardy Boys breaking up here because Matt's like, you know, there's not even tag team titles on Raw, so there's no real point in us <laughs> being a tag team, so I guess we need to go out on our own. <laughs>
2: very, very true. Very true.
0: And Jeff, uh, Jeff threatens to become a star tonight or die trying. So setting the scenes for go. what we're going to see here. Um, well, we get that match. The uh, Jeff, this is the prelude to next week's match, the big ladder match here. Right. Where Undertaker just decimates Jeff Hardy tonight. He uh, just beats him around like a rag doll, pins him lazily, just grinds his elbow into his face, gets a real easy, quick one, two, three on Jeff Hardy. Um, but, I mean, it's great, though. I love seeing Jeff Hardy bump around for Undertaker. Oh, yeah. I could watch either of the Hardys versus Undertaker or RVD in the same way versus Undertaker. I could watch it a million times.
1: Or Xbox. Yeah, those four yeah. guys I could watch.
0: <laughs> Edge him. and Christian, throw them four, in yeah. Too. yeah, those six guys.
1: Any of them versus him is great. Great.
0: Well, the way Taker beat him, you'd think this is all over, but... <clears throat> Undertaker rides up the ramp, he raises his fist, and all of a sudden we hear this just squealing into the microphone. Yes! <laughs> I can't do it justice. I'll just have to play Apple. the clip. I'll, I'll pop the microphone if I try to do it, but Jeff's screaming.
2: Hey, Taker! Look at this! Tanker! You've beat my ass time and time again. You just beat my ass right now. We're not done. What? We're not done at all. I want a match. I want a match next week.
0: But not just a regular match, because my way to beat you, my match to beat you, it's a ladder match. And the crowd pops. Undertaker gives this great, shocked reaction. If you can think of that really famous gif where the guy's just like, Gives like a double take, like the the blinking <laughs> yeah. blonde guy, where he's just like, "Really? Okay." Undertaker <laughs> does that, but then he just nods his head, points, and says he's gonna beat Jeff Hardy's butt next week. So we've got ourselves a big undisputed championship ladder match coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes, we do. Oh, and that's and, the one. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I got to tie up the loose thread with Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Uh, and, uh, oh sure. Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but Tommy Dreamer, who is. Wearing a King of the Rings shirt from last night as part of his gear, which he... I hated that about Timmy Dreamer from this time. He would just wear whatever shirts were backstage when he wrestled yeah. free gets merch. Gets him off the merch stand the night before. He <laughs> uh, looks like such a loser, but uh, I don't know. he was a winner over Raven, who was an even bigger loser here. Uh, as Raven has to leave Raw forever, gets carried out by security, uh, the mm. crowd is just pitifully dead for this match between these ECW yeah, they legends. Care. They don't care at all. But uh, in a surprising bit of continuity, as Raven is getting escorted out of the parking lot, Matt Hardy runs out and just beats the crap out of Raven right. as payback for when Raven <laughs> held him down for Undertaker to beat him up last week. So nice there you go. tying up that loose end. I appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Too bad uh
1: Taker had nothing to do with that. Been, again, I would really would like to have seen Raven and Taker it, do something. It would have been
0: so. sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's when Raven gets relegated to Heat for like the next um six months, then shows up on raw for two weeks and then gets fired for a shoot. So
0: what, yeah. what a career, man.
1: What a career he had in the WWE. So anyway. Ugh, well, that's get that bad taste in my mouth. Let's go to SmackDown. Yeah, SmackDown 149 on June twenty seventh. Kurt Angle comes out and he's gloating about Pin and Taker last week and tapping out hogan on on sunday at king of the ring and he challenges anyone to come out and show him some ruthless aggression and this is the debut of the last of the big four of this year so we got uh we get first Brock lesnar then we got randy orton then we got deacon batista and now we got the man himself the birthday boy himself john cena Mm. 16 time world champion yeah so um and it's just funny that he's the last one to debut and he's the the one that goes on to have the more stellar career out of That's all right. of them. So it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, this is the famous debut on SmackDown where he comes in and, you know, challenges Kurt Angle and takes him to the limit, you know? Um, and, uh, but Cena winds up pinning him with that double chicken wing kind of out of nowhere and gets that kind of fluke win over John Cena. And I just, I mean, I'll never forget that debut. Like I don't have to see replays of it. it. I know that match from start to finish. Like I remember seeing it that night and, yeah. I remember thinking like who's this kid but they must think something's, something's, something something something's going to happen with him so I'm in I mean I was all in for him so
0: Yeah, I remember reading about the prototype online. Right. That yep. was one of those names you you saw popping up on indie things or in developmental a lot. You'd read about that, you know. Oh, they got big plans for this guy. I don't. I, I didn't know much about him. I probably seen a picture of him online and stuff like that, but I'd never seen him wrestle or anything. Right. So when he came out, you knew it was a big deal. And he had an opportunity and he made the most of it, man. I think it's like just a five minute match, right? It's just, it's it's very,
1: it's not very long.
0: It's very short, but he comes out there, he makes the most of it. He had a great dancing partner and Kurt Angle to help him out, but he showed that ruthless aggression, man. And that phrase is tied to him (laughs) as well. And this is right up there. We've talked about The Undertaker's debut being one of the best debuts of all time. He came out looking like a star throughout it and john cena's is right up there in the hall of fame a great wrestling debuts where he became a star in this one moment oh. right here and oddly enough he's going to get tied in with undertaker on his debut night as well
1: yeah he sure is man he's um well <laughs> but first he's going to get congratulated by a few other um hall of famers and uh, maybe maybe future hall of famers oh, I don't he's know. Ba- he's <laughs> saying this backstage and he's being congratulated by uh, farouk hall of famer yep rikishi Hall of Famer yep. and uh, Billy Kidman, so <laughs> whose ex wife's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: there you go. <laughs> so Close he's an ancillary enough.
1: Hall of Famer.
2: <laughs> he, he got mentioned in her
1: speech, <laughs> That's, right. Yeah. That's right. So anyway, but, um, and then they kind of scurry, like, kind of like if you're at Motel 6, you flip the light on and the roaches run away. Like, it's they, they kind of scurry real quick as Taker walks up behind Cena. And I'm sure, you know, those of you listening to this probably know this, but, um, he goes up to him. And he says, "What's your name, kid?" John Cena. John Cena. Nice job. Extends his hand, shakes his hand, and um, apparently. I've heard. I, th- I can't remember if it was Pritchard's podcast or if it was Cena talking on Austin's, but uh, I didn't. I didn't dig far enough. I do remember them saying that Taker literally like saw something in him, and he he asked to do that um, that night. So I don't know that it was written in the show initially, but I know he said that he wanted to. That's the that's the the, the legend is that he wanted to, even though it was against his character because he was supposed to be a heel. Uh, he wanted to. Congratulate this kid, John Cena, because he really did think he saw some saw some future potential in this guy. So that's true, not true. I don't care. It's we'll 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 say it's true. It sounds awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's a
0: great story, and that's huge, man. That's unprecedented that we've seen Undertaker do that, and and says a lot about Cena. It says a lot about Taker too, which is on screen his character has been all about respect and now we're seeing that bleed out in real life too and this is kind of going to be the start of this baby face turn for this character is slowly going to creep in he's going to be kind of a tweener here from now until the pay-per-view and this is sort of the beginning of that he was showing that softer side or showing that he really is you know he really is all about respect that's the bottom line for him you know, whether he whatever his other actions are, that's what it what it all comes down to and it's gonna start this like I said, start this baby face turn back to yeah. the American badass that we all know and love. The the friendly friendly, nice big evil.
1: <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yeah, exactly. The nice big bully. So And it's that, yeah. that,
0: that locker room leader type character right. that we always read about Taker being backstage is starting to bleed out into on screen as well
1: oh absolutely yeah we're gonna see so many more shades of that coming up here in this build-up which is so cool so well speaking of that we see a recap of monday and him and jeff and challenging him to a ladder match and taker rides out for some promo time and he says he wants to get a few things straight here and he points to his nameplate on the title he's like you see that that's my name (laughs) which means no one else can claim this title and he says you know triple h is laying in a hospital bed after having elbow surgery which <clears throat> in investigative journalist Michael Cole informs us that Triple H is actually out of the hospital now. So thanks, not sure man. why he had to say that, but thanks a lot, you dork. So anyway, um he's like he's actually out of the hospital or at home, but whatever. But Taker's like, So why did the Rock think he could get involved in my match? You know, he shows some footage from King of the Ring about that rock bottom that he took from the Rock and he says, you know, the good news is that ladies and gentlemen, on July eleventh you need to set your VCRs which that shows how old this <laughs> show is. Yeah. Set your VCRs, because it will be the return of The Rock. But now here's the bad news. On July 11th, right here on SmackDown, I'm going to beat The Rock down and make him pay for sticking his nose in my business. So, again, still playing a heel, because Rock's obviously a face. Right. But, you know, having a little bit of this tweener ten- tendency is kind of going forward here. So, But he tells Rock to take notes, watch Raw Monday to see what he does to Jeff with the ladder. In the ladder match, and said... You know, it's just going to be a sample of the brutality that I'm going to lay down on you on July 11th. So, I like that they're building up this July 11th return of The Rock. You know, um, something they don't really do nowadays. Yes, yeah, long story, long-form storytelling. Well, suddenly, Kurt Angle's music interrupts his promo, and he gets in the ring and says, all you do is talk, 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 talk. He says, and Taker's like, you're just a punk. <laughs> he just calls <laughs> Angle a punk, which I, like. I don't know if he was short on words or what He's like, you're just a punk. So, anyway... Angle's like, you know, will you accept my challenge for a title, ma- title match next week if you get past Jeff, Jeff Hardy on Monday? And uh, Taker's like, you know, I'd rather just kick your butt tonight. But uh, Angle says, you know, I had a tune-up match earlier with John Cena. And Taker's like, tune-up match? You almost got beat by a rookie. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs>
1: which is going to get a huge pop from the fans, you know. Um, which is true, you know. He really did. Almost lost to a rookie. So, And uh, Angle says, you know, let's do it next week. And Taker goes, anytime, anywhere, Anyhow, it's on, man. That's right, <laughs> just, baby. I <laughs> love this guy. I want that on he's, a shirt. Yes, exactly. Um, well, then Angle's like, "Can I just hold the undisputed title just to touch it?" And Taker's <laughs> like, "You know what? I'll let you hold it." And he says, "That's so you ever gonna, And he's very nice, very kind, gentle giant here. He said, like, "You know, that's as close as you're going to ever going to come to having that title." And then as he does that. T- uh, Angle throws the belt at him and then takes him down like a double leg takedown and then gets him in the ankle lock just for a second, just like that. Let's go and walks off, just showing him, you know, I got your number, basically. Oh, yeah. But in a little um, snafu I found here is that the the camera does a close-up of the title and it still says WWF on top of it. Whoopsie. Which they've been WWE for, what, since the beginning of May? A couple months so from, yeah. a month and a half now, almost two months, and haven't gotten that off of there. So anyway – But is he the fighting heel champ that we've ever had, like, Taker at this point? Taking on all
0: challenges. It's such an interesting storyline, man, the way that we've seen him do that on Raw and on SmackDown. Taking on all comers, and it's subtly building up to, you know, spoiler alert, he's going to lose the title here in the main event of our episode. And it's kind of, you can attribute it to him... Taking on everybody on Rotten SmackDown right. and not backing down from anything. And it's going to wear him down. As so a much. heel.
1: Yeah.
0: Sort of. He's sort of a heel, but then he's sort of a babyface too. Like he's yeah. he's in this three way with Angle and Rock. And Rock, he's, you know, the heel against Rock, but he's a babyface against Kurt Angle here. And yeah. You're going to talk about him and Kurt Angle here coming up. He's basically going to be the babyface in that match. And it's yeah. really subtle storytelling and really complex storytelling but done really really well. It's so rare that they can balance this stuff. We have seen them try it a lot of times in the WWE, but Undertaker is out here doing it and pulling it off. Right. He's blending into whatever he needs to because he's just being the Undertaker, man. Like he yep. he's pissed off sometimes, he's kind of a heel, but he's also, you know, he's not afraid, you know, he'll show respect when he wants to show respect. And it's yep. God, it's so well done, man. He's not just – like I was thinking of I was thinking of the invasion or before the invasion when Stone Cold was turning heel in 2001 where he was just – all of a sudden he was beating up women and just being right. a jerk <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. And yeah. Undertaker, all his motivations, they all make sense. Everything he's doing yeah. in every situation. I, I love it, man.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't think of anybody else that can kind of – flip-flop like that um and kind of just besides him I guess I mean we recently could you could you say Brock because he doesn't really have a character in his face or heel I mean I guess they just plug him in against whoever but he has he didn't have that respect issue
2: right going it's on so I don't really know level. if there's
1: anybody honestly maybe flair if you need him to but other than that i don't know who you can do it besides undertaker you know i yeah. really don't
0: where he's and and on two different shows he's got he's exactly. these different things here and yeah speaking of balance man raw july 1st 2002 oh, uh, you talked about setting I your set VCR. vcr that's right yeah. man <laughs> i still have it somewhere in the closet the undisputed title will be decided tonight in a ladder match between Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker, which, dude, in 2002, what a crazy sentence that was.
1: I know. I know. Unbelievable.
0: And like you said at the top, this is a match people have been asking, when are we going to cover this? When are you going to cover this? Since day one of the podcast, almost as much as any pay per view matches. And, you know, the oh, reason yeah. we're not covering it in a special episode is because we're covering the undertaker's pay-per-view matches that's what our episodes are yeah we have done a couple of vhs tapes and stuff little excursions on the way uh you know we kind of debated doing this one as a special episode yep. <laughs> but you know we want to keep on track and but we are going to cover it in depth here because we know everybody wants to talk oh yeah about we have it. to <laughs> yeah we have to and it was so fun to rewatch it here um uh, but uh before we get there Jeff Hardy wasn't the only one getting a big opportunity against a legend here because Brock no. Lesnar is also going to get a big win over the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, as he continues his mega push to the top right here, which is, you know, again, a huge win for old Brock.
1: Yeah. Like I said, he was supposed to have that win over Austin last month before he walked out, and now he's got a win over Flair, and we're going to see him get win over some more guys coming up here on his push to the top. So I like it. I remember being a fan of this. This whole night of Raw, was, I, oh, I yeah. can vividly remember it. So.
0: Well, it gets a lot of build-up during the night. Terry is going to interview Jeff backstage. Says, you know, you're the underdog tonight. And Jeff kind of takes offense to that. Uh, he starts going crazy. He reminds Terry, oh, this is my match tonight. I can climb. He starts running around, starts jumping off stuff backstage, climbing up the interview set.
1: Yes, he, he, he does. <laughs>
0: He grabs the mic and says, I've been in tons of ladder matches. and Undertaker's been in none. And we're in New Hampshire tonight, and the motto is live free or die. Well, tonight I'm living for the moment, and I'm not dying tonight. party's uh, just hes going crazy, man. That's going nuts. Going he, nuts, man. He's not a great promo. At this point, nope. kind of never has been, but he's being real. He's being He's just being himself, and that's what got him over here. Yep. Uh, We get a video package hyping up Jeff Hardy, showing all the crazy stuff he's done in ladder matches. And Terry interviews Undertaker right after that. Uh, Undertaker puts Jeff Hardy on the back burner. He says, I'll talk about him in a minute, but i got to talk about Kurt Angle first. Kurt Angle thinks he's somebody because he made Hulk Hogan tap. Well, I'm not Hulk Hogan, and I don't tap. So Kurt needs to come up with a plan B for Thursday night. Uh, Then he says, when I finish off Angle, I'm going to move on to The Rock. The Rock's going to regret the day he stuck his nose into his business. And Terry's like, well, yeah, but you got Jeff Hardy tonight. Aren't you worried about that? Because you've never been in a ladder <laughs> right. match before. And Undertaker just says, what's your point? <laughs> it says, Interview's over. <laughs> he walks away. There you go. Kind of teasing. Oh, maybe he's a little more worried than he thinks. Right. And then Undertaker's going to get a pep talk for this main event from, uh, well, Vince is going to give a pep talk to his boy as Taker's in Vince's locker room, just shadow boxing getting ready. And Vince talks about how proud he is of Undertaker. He's been showing people what Ruthless aggression's all about for over a decade now. And just to show him how proud he is, he's going to let the Undertaker face the rocket vengeance, whether he's champion or not. And that stops Undertaker dead in his tracks right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that.
0: What's that supposed to mean? If you got any doubt about me, not only am I going to beat up that punk Jeff Hardy, when I leave tonight, he ain't going to be able to stand up either. The Undertaker walks out. So.
1: Remember that line right there.
0: Very important, uh, man. This come is, into
1: play. God, yep.
0: It's such good storytelling the whole night. It's it. so good. <laughs> uh, and The King is continues on with it. He gives one of my favorite one liners ever right here and says. And The Undertaker has promised that Jeff Hardy's going to be a crossword wrestler. He'll come into the ring. Vertical,
1: leave horizontal. Oh man,
0: stole that out of your dad jug, but
1: I bet he used that on. Never mind. I'll leave that. <laughs> I think he had crossword night at a He was ready for the the award show last weekend.
0: <laughs> oh, he was ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-bing>. <laughs> well, finally, uh, Matt is going to be there to wish Jeff luck tonight, and he brings in Lita as well, who's recovering from neck surgery she's got a neck brace on and wishes him luck and then jeff just runs out of the locker room screaming like an idiot (laughs) (laughs) i I loved it (laughs) yeah he's just like so good that was great this, oh. But I don't think he has started taking pills yet, though. <laughs> oh, way. he was on something. He, like, <laughs> he was awesome, but he did not look well, dude. He must have weighed 120 pounds at this point. He is very thin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He's And that's the that's the shame of all of this, is seeing what he does this night, like, where he could have gone in his career if he stayed clean. Like, yep. he had a Hall of Fame singles career, and he's been yeah. WWE champion two or three times now. Like, but imagine if he had been clean, he yep. could have had one of the greatest, like a top five career of all time. Oh,
1: absolutely, I, absolutely, without question, man. Seriously, I really do think so.
0: Yeah, I do too. I mean, he could have been of, like
1: Chris Jericho level, in my opinion. Like I'm, I'm under thinking like Shawn un, Michaels. Under,
0: like he had I'm that
1: under under Shawn under Rock under Austin, that next level right under there, like Triple H. Yeah, Jericho. Angle, like that level. I really think he could have been that, you know, so. Uh, been insane.
0: Well, let's talk about one of these awesome times here. As Taker rides out first. We're going to go in-depth on this one tonight, folks. Um, he gets a huge pop. Yeah. <laughs> because people do not want to hate The Undertaker.
1: New Hampshire loves Taker. They
0: do, man. <laughs> uh, they love Jeff Hardy, too. He comes out, and he starts messing with Undertaker's bike as he walks down to the ring, and Taker just mouths "mother." <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. And makes his way outside, but it's all mind games from Jeff Hardy. He runs in the ring and then drop kicks a ladder into Taker, dives on him, hits him with a big chair shot, slams the ladder onto him as well, doing whatever he can to knock the monster off his feet. But uh, it's not going to be enough as Undertaker recovers quickly and takes Jeff out with a big old clothesline, knocks him down.
1: And that is just the perfect way to start this match. That's Jeff Hardy grabbing the brass ring, showing that ruthless aggression that Vince wants in storyline, you know, wise, and also just for in real life, you know, just putting it all out there and showing he can hang with the big dog, you know. So
0: that's I what, love it. That's what you gotta do because the the size difference between these two at this point is just striking. Like oh yeah, so much bigger than Jeff Hardy here. Like we said, Jeff, I mean, he's bulked up since then, but he's so skinny at this point. Um, then, you know, they, they fight around to the outside, and then the freaking Undertaker climbs a ladder in the middle of the ring to try to retrieve his title. I never thought yeah. I'd see the day when the Undertaker no. was in a ladder match. Uh, we've seen it many more times since then, like these big guys like Kane and Mark Henry being in ladder matches, but up to this point, you never saw stuff like that.
1: No, there's nobody big in a ladder match besides. This is yeah, this is the first one, cause uh, have they had, have they had TLC, the Raw Roulette? They haven't had that yet, have they? No, no, no. no. With when Kane and Hurricane are in it, no, that'll be next year, I think. So yeah. yep. so yeah, you're right. This is the first big man in like a ladder match. So.
0: So the Undertaker's climbing the ladder and he's about to get his title, but. He makes that Undertaker mistake we've seen him make many times. He's decides he wants to inflict some more punishment on Jeff Hardy, so he climbs back down and JR is screaming at Taker's and it's going to come back to bite you, boy. As Taker slams Jeff into the announce table repeatedly, JR and King are yelling at him to stop. But uh, you know, Taker rolls Jeff back in. Jeff starts firing back and just is just punching Undertaker like crazy, the crowd is going crazy, but Undertaker knocks him down, sandwiches Jeff in between the ladder. Yeah. And then does that apron leg drop we've seen him doing over and over again and smashes Hardy in between the ladder, which just looked really painful.
1: It did, man. It was just it, it was so awesome. And again, this match is not it's not Sean Razor. No. It's not Benoit Jericho. It's not like a beautiful technical masterpiece. But this one tells one of the best stories a ladder match has ever told. Seriously, man, this is up there in the top five ladder matches, I think. It is insane. Um, just the storytelling here, it's so good. And the crowd, to see the crowd, where they're going to get to at the end, like, they were already there for the the entrances. But as this match goes, the crowd gets more and more into it. It is insane to, to watch it. And you can, like, literally watch it. On the screen, it's so fantastic. I just watched this match three hours ago, it's fantastic to watch
0: again. (laughs) So, there's not a ton of moves jumping off the ladder or anything like that. It's just storytelling, man. It reminded me on a much bigger scale, but kind of that Jake the Snake versus Undertaker match from WrestleMania 8, where they do three or four moves in it but tell a story over 10 minutes. And this was they do more in this match, but still everything has a purpose they're, they're not just throwing anything in there for random um although king he's throwing in some good uh random comments here as uh you know there's some great stuff jeff creates some separation between him and taker he gets a giant supersized ladder from under the ring and king says what's that for and jr's like i don't know he's just gonna go paint his garage yeah
1: <laughs> which is he at a garage for like helicopters? And why is his garage so tall? I don't understand. <laughs> That's an airplane, my, hanger. My garage is on the ground level. <laughs> I don't need anything to paint my garage. Actually, <laughs> I'm not sure why. Maybe paint his attic would have been a better
0: thing. So hey man, isn't it, it a heat was, was
1: funny. Oh yeah, it was funny. So.
0: Well, Jeff climbs. The crowd's going crazy. But Undertaker crazy. stops him. Uh, he goes to give Jeff a last ride, but Jeff gives Undertaker Hurricane Rana. And and get, goes to the ladder again, and Jr. is marking it out. He's <laughs> yes. climb, climb, your butt off, kid. You're you're just a step or two away. Come on, you got it. And Jeff's grabbing the belt, but Taker gets a chair and slams it into Jeff, knocks him down. You know, decimates all his hope right there. Gets a few more chair shots on Jeff. Goes for another last ride, and Jeff tries to do the Hurricane Rana out of it again, but Taker holds on to him. But Jeff grabs a chair as he's hanging down, sort of like Triple H, grabbed the sledgehammer back at Rosamay 17 yeah. and just decimates Undertaker with a chair, wraps it around his head, and then hits another huge chair shot to knock Undertaker down. These are nasty chair shots.
1: And that spot right there is where 16-year-old Travis was thinking that this is the night that Jeff Hardy is going to win the title. He's not going to hold it for long. He'll lose it between now and SmackDown but he's gonna win it right now I I was sold that that spot right there was the end of the match and he was gonna win I mean I was I was in
0: this is why we watch wrestling dude because yes. we <laughs> you knew in your heart of hearts that there's no way Jeff Hardy is gonna beat the Undertaker you knew right. Jeff Hardy is not gonna win the world title at this point in time but they made you think they for made a me split hope. second yeah. they, they gave you that 1% in your mind that uh, what what if he did though? What if he did? Yep. So Jeff goes to climb and JR gets off this immortal line that everyone uh. loves where he's just screaming the ladder, <laughs> But the Undertaker stops him again just in the nick of time with a chair, knocks him down, uh but Jeff stays on the ladder, both guys are climbing, Jeff reaches up for the gold one last time, but Taker choke slams Jeff off the ladder and grabs the undisputed title to retain in an incredible storytelling match right here Undertaker climbs down and he just kind of collapses out of the ring yeah. too he shows that exhaustion and puts Jeff Hardy over by selling even when he's won the match which is a great thing exactly he uh, starts to walk away, but turns around and sees Jeff Hardy trying to stand up, which just pisses him off even more. <laughs> yeah. So Taker heads back into the ring and finally hits the last ride, which he never quite got to during the match. As The King says Jeff Hardy's about to check into the Wooden Waldorf soon, which I'm not sure what that means.
1: The <laughs> uh, old <real> Wooden Waldorf. <laughs> oh, that is.
0: Um, and the storytelling just continues here as Taker rides his bike up the ramp, but we hear uh, Jeff the Chipmunk squeaking out again. <laughs> hey, hey, you ain't broken me yet, Taker. I'm still standing. <laughs> Taker heads back to the ring, and this is where it just gets perfect here. As he looks like he's gonna murder Jeff Hardy, and he just stands Jeff up, goes to punch him, rears back, but stops himself. And just kinda of pats Jeff on the head, raises his hand to a just enormous reaction. It's Jeff's yes. music plays. Jeff Hardy's Ooh. music plays at the end. And Taker points to him out of respect as Jeff's just sort of collapses. And Taker shakes his head. He walks up the ramp. He's still selling the beating from the match. And the announcers are saying Taker's gonna have not gonna have that same pity for Kurt Angle on SmackDown. But this is just an iconic moment and night. This was perfect storytelling. And like watching it back, dude, it it's gave me goosebumps 20 years later.
1: Oh, yeah. And remember that comment from earlier? He said, when I got done with him, he won't be able to stand up. Well, here, at the end of the night, he's having to use the ropes to stand up. Taker helps him stand up. Holds his hand out Like, that just... I don't know if they paid that much attention to that detail, but I know I did when I watched it again, and it was just like, man, that is beautiful storytelling. Like you said, this is the reason that we love professional wrestling. I don't care if it's quote-unquote fake or whatever. This is why we watch it. This storytelling right here is amazing.
0: And it so. holds up, dude. Everybody, oh, go yeah. out of your way to watch it. If you haven't watched it in a while, watch the whole night of I watch all the promos yeah. with Jeff and Undertaker because it just adds to it here. And it's so great because – this has kind of been building in the background. Like They've been interacting right. with each other for six or seven months now. We, we talked about it back when Iron Tiger first turned heel. And during the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble, they had those interactions. Yep. So I don't think they knew they were going to be building to this. But the fact that they've had that history, it just adds to it even more. It's just incredible storytelling. Some of the best we've ever seen.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Well that's uh whew, that was fun to cover that man so we're gonna uh, unfortunately that's not where we're stopping i, mean, I guess fortunately for you yeah for dude, you fans it's it not where we're stopping because we could have spent the whole two hours talking about that stuff but um we're gonna keep going here because again that's not the end game here we're gonna get to uh where we're headed here and so we're gonna continue with smackdown 150 on july 4th 02. which this is another holiday episode of smackdown for me dude i don't know what the deal is i'm getting all the holiday shows so. lucky no uh there's no uh, sparkler bowl match or anything. No, no
0: apple pie match.
1: No apple
0: <laughs> American American pie, pie match. match? Oh, my. <laughs> no.
1: King might have a crossword puzzle <laughs> night with American pie. Anyway, but uh, it's it's man it's Fourth of July in Boston like Independence Day <laughs> in Boston. Can you imagine? <laughs> what a better place to be. But anyway. Um, we see Taker arrive in the arena, and commentary is like, "What's you know, what's his condition?" Because that was a grueling ladder match. And then we see a recap of Cena's debut against Angle, and then we get dental hygienist Mark Lloyd interviewing Kurt Angle before his match with Taker. And dude, I I literally blocked this guy out of my mind. I think I had a Men in Black neuralizer because I remember these episodes of SmackDown and Raw like so vividly because I love this era. He's I cannot remember this guy.
0: Human equivalent of a neuralizer. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just blacked him out. Like I just choose to forget awful things in my life, <laughs> that's one. I think Mark his parents Lloyd.
0: blacked him out, too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: poor, poor kid. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, well, he's trying to make himself famous here by interviewing Kurt Angle, and uh, Angle says he's the poster boy for Ruthless Aggression, and last week it took me a few minutes longer to defeat Cena because, you know, I had the flu.
0: Oh, uh, so, that explains it. Yeah. What a
1: yeah, Angle can wrestle with a broken freaking neck, the flu, uh, tearing his quad that morning, anything. He's he's good to go. So, But um, he said, you know, tonight I'm flu-free and uh, gives us a, his most recent highlight reel where he made – or he pinned Taker two weeks ago in that non-title match and yeah. making up Hogan tap, which allegedly is for the first time in his career. I don't buy it at all, but I'm sure he tapped a lot as Hollywood Hogan. But um, yeah, in fact, I think he tapped not a sting. Too much,
0: though, yeah,
1: I think he tapped a sting. But anyway, but um, not much
0: it, enough where you could kind of get away with it. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, 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 for sure. And then um, him going face to face with Taker last week and slapping on that ankle lock for a second, and um, he says, you know, what better night than the Fourth of July to become the undisputed champion? You're American hero, become the undisputed champion. So, um, and then we get what I, I can recall, or I, or I can't recall. Is our first vignette maybe telling us that Mysterio is coming to SmackDown? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it's the first vignette or not, but it's the first one I remember seeing here is we're it's covering one of the stuff. First, so, yeah, yeah, I remember being
0: super excited oh, about gosh. that. Hyped up!
1: <laughs> oh yeah, love that guy. So, we um we'll get to cover him a little bit here. So, but um not although not not too much, I don't think. But anyway, a couple
0: times, or at least once, I think.
1: Yeah, well, we're gonna see a recap from again that amazing ladder match we just covered, and then. Mark Lloyd's going to interview Taker, and he says, you know, uh, Taker, you have a, a match with the Rocket Vengeance, you know, whether or not you had the title. And Taker's like, you know, I'm upset because I thought Vince would have more faith in me for all I've accomplished these last 12 years. You know, but um, he's preoccupied with thinking about the Rocks' return next week. But, you know, I, I, he says he, Taker says he's thinking about Angle tonight. You know, he had a girly match with Hardy on Monday. He's got Angle tonight, but he's just kind of preoccupied with the Rocks' return. So... And then Taker asked Mark Lloyd. he says.
2: Mark, let me ask you a question while we're sitting here talking. If you're in a foxhole and you're taking rounds from the enemy, who would you rather have by your side? A so-called American hero or a true-to-life American badass?
1: There you go. You're
0: not wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, kind of a moving toward that face type character here. Again, it's kind of playing that weird in between, uh, character, but uh, it it works for him. And so it's main event time here. And we got Taker who is the clear baby face for this match against current angle. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane, but, um, great TV match from these two. Um, I'm not, we're not going to go in depth like we just did with the Jeff Hardy one, but you know, they have such great chemistry they have from, from, you know, jump street. And, uh, The ending comes when Taker goes for a tombstone. The angle reverses into an ankle lock, and Taker's screaming, and Kurt wrenches it on, and finally Taker kicks him off, and then he eats an angle slam, and angle covers him. Taker gets his foot on the bottom rope. Uh, Angle goes for another ankle lock, and Taker's screaming, kicks out, hits a choke slam, and he's clutching on his leg. Um, He signals for the last ride, and he gets Kurt up, and as he does, uh, Angle gets him in a triangle choke and when they come back to like when uh it's kind of like he he almost power bombs him to the ground but he's stuck in the Mm -hmm. triangle choke we've seen it like ad nauseum nowadays and that's every roman reigns match has that in it or it had it in it like the last two years um i think charlotte does it all the time now too it's just it's it's a spot we see all the time but back then it was not
0: it was yeah unique. yeah it
1: was was very new and so in the triangle choke angles angles shoulders are down while he has taken the triangle choke as the ref counts to three taker taps out and the crowd is very confused the commentators are confused my Kyoto is like i don't know what to do here <laughs> taker raises his arms angle raises his arms they actually cut away to a commercial and then they come back and the crowd is chanting bull you know yeah. so they they want I and mean, they're in boston that's a that's a crazy town so um <laughs> Referees are arguing about it. Like I don't know why other referees have to have their input. It should only be Mike Kiotis. He's the he was the referee of uh, I mean of the match. But anyway, uh, both of them get their hands raised, and Mike Kiotis calls for a draw. So that means Taker keeps his title. So Angle then takes Taker down one more time in an ankle lock and has to be pulled off. And um, Taz has. The line of the night he says, well, The undisputed title is in dispute. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Tess. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know he had that written down.
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. So, a little controversy there, man. But it's, it was a really neat finish. And again, for the time, very um, kind of groundbreaking. This hadn't been done a lot, you know, in this, back then. Now, like I said, it is every four months, is a pull apart or something like this. So, it's just, we see it all the time. But back then, it was very, very fresh.
0: And they did it really well, and obviously yeah. I mean, it's historic to see The Undertaker tap out. Yep. I mean, when have we ever seen that?
1: That's part of the story. Yeah, exactly. He's never tapped out. Exactly,
0: so. and it's not quite official either, or, right. or maybe exactly. it is. I don't know, because <clears throat> the, the three count happened before the tap out technically yeah. was completed. He had got one tap exactly. in. It's really well done storytelling, man. They're at the top of their games right here. There's some Which, bad crap last year yeah. that we talked about, and there's some bad stuff with the brand split, but this is great.
1: Oh, yeah. This stuff is fantastic. I love it. So. And they're going they're re- to redo that um, spot with him and Brock back in, in 2015, I think, aren't Oh, they?
0: yeah, I believe so. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we'll say that again. So.
0: Well, dude, we could use a break from all that, and The Undertaker could too, so... He's going to get the night off on Raw episode, or, or Raw from July 8th, 2002. Uh, I thought he gets to come out first. Well, it's the that's champion's it's... prerogative, man. Oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, you got to respect The <laughs> Undertaker. If that's Undertaker true. wants a night off, he gets a night off. So sure. we open up Raw with a SmackDown replay <laughs> of sure. Kurt Angle and The Undertaker because mm-hmm. these brands are completely separate. And then yeah. Vince opens the show to tell us Undertaker's getting that well-deserved night off and uh, The Undertaker will be back on SmackDown to welcome The Rock back to Thursday nights when The Rock returns this next week. And in the interest of fairness, because of what happened at SmackDown, Vince adds Kurt Angle to the main event of Vengeance, making it officially a three-way for the WWE Undisputed Championship. So all that playing into the storyline here.
1: He's telling us on Raw that two SmackDown guys are going to face The
0: <laughs> Taker yeah.
1: for the title. Makes <laughs> sense.
0: Makes sense. Thanks, Thanks Vince. Well, I don't know if it's because The Undertaker is not here, you know, the conscience of the WWE taking the night off, but this is a cursed episode of Monday Night Raw. Because I won't talk about too much, and we'll keep the show going, but this is the night where Jackie Gaeta, Chris Nowinski, Bradshaw, and Trish Stratus competed in a mixed tag match that is on the Mount Rushmore of worst televised wrestling matches of all time (laughs) where
2: Mm.
0: Trish Stratus goes for a bulldog on Jackie Gaeta and Mm. completely misses her and then Jackie Gaeta stumbles around for a couple seconds and decides "Ah, maybe I should sell this and just drops down (laughs) it's bowling shoe ugly as JR calls it
1: I've had matches better than this with my (laughs) six-year-old my two-year-old in the basement (laughs) I'm just saying, none of us are trained professionals or on Tough Enough.
0: Well, it's so. not only that, but it's also the night where Kevin Nash returns after a few months injured and in a big 10-man yeah. tag at the end and tears his quad running across the <laughs> ring the first time he tags into the ring and screams out like someone shot him. <laughs> Which I probably would do, but I mean, and God bless Kevin Nash. I don't want to make fun of somebody being hurt, but it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, this is the start of that just the internet thing about him tearing his quad, you know, like yeah. it's, uh, it's just the beginning. Of it. He comes back from a bicep surgery. <laughs> he hasn't wrestled since <laughs> before mania. Yeah. He before mania is when he wrestled. And now he comes back and the night he comes back, he takes four steps in the ring, <laughs> and his leg just gives up. Oh and man! Rips in half, and he falls over. Like you said, like someone just buckshotted him in the thigh. <laughs> it
0: shouldn't be funny, but it is.
1: It's it's so just the timing of that is so bad. It is which is going to put the nail in the coffin of the new, 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 new world order.
0: This is it, man. It's dead and buried here, and it's going to change the direction of the WWE yet, again, <laughs> yet here again next week. We'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, two other things quickly to talk about. Uh, just want to mention here, the playing off last week, Ric Flair is going to congratulate Jeff Hardy on that incredible match. And as Jeff Hardy walks away, we see old Steven Richards, your right to censor partner, Doing how a leader. slow clap in the background, and then he comes out and makes fun of how old Ric Flair is. Tells him his time is up, and challenges to a match tonight. And we actually get this is a real match that happens: Ric Flair versus Stephen Richards. Uh, should have been on pay per view, but it's right here on oh, Raw. Yeah, and Ric Flair wins with the figure four. One of the probably the only time that's ever happened. <laughs> 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 he defeats Stephen Richards with the figure four. Right. I could not believe that man. Oh, it's great, man! And then, great uh, match. Oh, a classic match. Um, Jeff Hardy will take that momentum from last week and defeat William Regal for the European Championship. So, not quite the undisputed title, but he's moving on up. You know,
1: consolation prize. three right. your Truffles. That's right. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, we're gonna. That's gonna head us into SmackDown 151 on July 11th. This is the return. Hope you had your VCR set. This is the return of the Rock to the show. So, July 11th, 02, we get a graphic telling us that tonight we're going to get The Undertaker and John Cena versus Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho. Wow. Which is, yeah, Angle, I mean, Cena being thrust to the main event with those other three guys who were all Hall of Fame worthy, you know. I mean, all, well, all four of those guys will be Hall of Famers at one point, you know, eventually. So, it's just crazy. So,
0: he seen her, it's undertaker her playing the baby face again
1: yeah absolutely so he's um he's gonna be approached by cena in the parking lot and as takers waiting back there to welcome welcome the rock back to smackdown and uh, Taker asks Cena if she's like you ever met the rock and cena's like no which that's just funny to me because that's gonna foreshadow the whole twice in a lifetime matches that we're gonna get yep. uh, later on so um Taker's like, you know what? Well, he's a punk, though, which I guess is his <laughs> new thing. He called Angle a punk. He's calling Rock a punk, so uh, it's his new thing. So he's like, you know what? Go, why don't you go get Vince and tell him I don't care about this tag match tonight, and I, and I just suggest you leave before I'm going to kick your butt like I'm going to The Rock. So still he's going to be effaced by defa- like by the nature that he's facing right. Angle and Jericho, but still bully a, a little here. bit right here. Yeah, so – Anyway, later on, Taker's prowling around backstage, waiting on The Rock to arrive. And I just got to say the greatest triumvirate of all time, besides Rush, try to talk to him and try to talk him down from attacking The Rock. And it is two guys you mentioned last week. I didn't know it could get any better. You mentioned Fit Finley and John Laurinaitis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's them two, and then the cherry on top is they got a, another wacky. And it's the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, my. So these three guys are trying to talk off the Undertaker from attacking the Rock.
0: Are, are they wearing their matching catering outfits?
1: No, 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 no. They oh, all just okay. have regular old like shorts on. So, Darn. yeah, Lord Nodus has no speaking parts, luckily. But anyway, Finley's the talker. He's a lead talker here, though. <laughs> but nice. um, he should be. Yeah, he's like you know, it's not a good idea for you to attack the Rock. And Taker's like, I don't wait, think we asked you.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I thought Finley loved to fight. <laughs> Yeah, I know.
1: His name is Finley, and he loves to fight, but I guess he didn't like the Undertaker to fight, so I don't know, man. man. But yeah, Taker's like, I don't think anybody asked you, which is great. <laughs> and um, he pushes past him as the limo arrives, and he, he, he runs and he just yanks the door open, and it's Jericho and Angle getting out of it, though. So uh, he, Taker and Angle argue about who won the match last week, you know, with that, that um, dusty finish there. And uh, Jericho's like, how about they change your name from the Undertaker to the undertapper. it's just like this is like Jericho is so over the top cheesy at this point in his career. He is. I mean, he's supposed to be. He's getting cheap, stupid heel heat, but he is so cheesy. But uh, Taker just has none of it and punches him right in the face, and they start fighting. And that holy triumvirate of Laurinaitis and Finley and Brawler try to break him up. The refs come and break him up. Vince himself comes out try to break them up. It's his boy. Yeah, exactly. He tells Taker to get, you know, go get the rock inside the arena. You know, like, don't wait for my here. So um, Taker later on bursts into a locker room where we have um, Val Venus, who's now going by the name of The Big Valboski. <laughs> yeah. That's his name. It's his name. He's, he's not Val Venus, He is The Big Valboski. Oh, my God. I freaking yeah. hated
0: that. If you thought yeah. the Viking experience <laughs> was bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Val's there, Hardcore Holly, and John Cena are in this locker room, so I'm not sure what if they got kicked out of the real locker room or what, but Maybe. They're, they're in there. So anyway, Taker's throwing chairs around, and he's like, you know, he's like, "Why do you have my back?" talking to Cena. And Cena's like, "You told me to leave." And uh, Taker's like, you know, I don't even need your help, but I want to make sure you have my back in this match tonight, you know? Taker's like, and Cena's like, "I do, I do." And uh, Taker goes, "I've been here 12 years, you've been here two weeks." So you get your head and your butt wired on the same page. You ain't going to last long. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't even know what that means. Uh, you but I have, like his delivery.
0: You got to have your head and butt <laughs> wired together, man. Yeah. I've had times exactly. when they weren't, and it's not good.
1: It's not a good day. Not a good um, night. <laughs> no. Well, The Rock does return, but he doesn't return in the ring. He returns backstage behind, like, Hogan and Edge. They're talking. They're tag champs. I forgot to mention they won the tag titles last week on the July 4th edition. So, um Anyway, for some reason, he returns backstage and, like, makes fun of Hulk Hogan, which is very heelish of him to do. But anyway, that's The Rock. That's he can do rock. whatever he wants that's to. Right. Yeah. So um, he heads out to the ring, does his usual shtick, and there's a part. There's, like, a whole six minutes that's cut off of the network version. What? Yeah, like six minutes. And I found it online because I knew that something else happened here. I, I-, I thought I remembered this being – the night it happened because of something that Angle says later. But um, before Taker comes out, Angle comes out, The Rock's in there doing his shtick, you know, finally The Rock, yada, 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 jabroni beating, pie eating, all that stuff. And then he says that they're in Atlantic City, and he's got a big-time rapper in the audience. He's going to come in the ring with him, (laughs) and it's none other than my boy Busta Rhymes, who who you would have thought was – I don't know, man. Like the cat's pajamas back then, dude. This crowd goes nuts for Buster Rhymes coming in the ring. Oh yeah. Do you remember this? Buster I Rhymes. do. Now
0: that you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, he gets in the ring, and they. Um, long story short, they're they're trying to push Halloween Resurrection, which new movie the Buster <laughs> Rhymes is in, which is coming out on Friday in July. <laughs> maybe that's why they cut it out the network maybe they're not proud of this i don't know uh, but yeah busta and rocker in the ring and uh it's crazy they wind up singing under the boardwalk because they're yes, in atlantic city I do remember that yeah and um I don't know if that's why they cut it out, because the, the music rights or whatever it is. But anyway, or maybe it's because Rock says in the Halloween movie, they always come for the brother first. So <laughs> it could, could be that. I don't know. But they cut out like six minutes of promo. It's just missing. But I uh, will have to put it on our Facebook page <laughs> so you can wow. see how terrible it is. But um Anyway. I had to mention that just because um, we know how much uh, Taker loves LL Cool J, as we've uh, we, did. As we talked about here.
0: <laughs> well, I thought he was in a Halloween movie. I don't know, man. I can't uh, LL remember. Cool
1: J, I think he is. Uh, but yeah, Buster Rhymes was in Halloween Resurrection, apparently, which came out in July, and he had a new album dropping. So. <laughs> Maybe they
0: thought it was going to be such a big hit it would stay in theaters till Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: anyway, That's well, after so all weird. that, yeah, it's it just but it's cut out. But after that, Rock calls out Taker and says, you know, just bring it. And instead, Kurt Angle comes out. And he, uh, Rock's like, you know, you look different than last time I was here. You know, what's wrong with you? And he's, you know, he's hilarious. The Rock's doing all he can do. And he delivers one of my favorite Rock moment comments of all time. And he says, you know, I know what's different about you.
2: I probably know what's different about you. Somebody got a haircut.
1: <laughs> Which I still say to this oh, day, yeah. if I see somebody that has a haircut, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So, anyway, um, this promo goes on way too long, but Angle's like, you know, I'm on a roll. I made the Undertaker, I made Hogan tap, I made Taker tap, and in Vengeance, I'll make you tap, and then he challenges Rock to a match next week. So Kurt Angle's all about making matches, dude. I love it. He's just
0: he's all on business.
1: It. He is, man. And a Rock's like, okay, that's great, but all these hard-working people here in Atlantic City didn't pay to see me fight you next week. They paid to see me fight you tonight. So he starts taking, them, taking Angle down and then um, gets Angle in the ankle lock, actually. And Taker runs out and chokeslams Angle and Rock to stand tall. So after all this business of Taker trying to stalk the Rock, he kind of waits till the end of the promo to <laughs> fight him, which that was the only weird thing. But Yeah. Well, later on, Rock gives a promo with Mark Lloyd, and he just completely does what I would love to do. He just humiliates Mark Lloyd. He's like, who in blue are you? He's like, you know, Coach, when you look differently, are you white now and all a sudden? He just...
2: Well, damn, Coach. You changed since the last time the Rock saw you. You shrank and got white. What the hell happened to you? Well, I'm not the coach. It's, it's, me, Mark oh, it's me, Mark Lloyd. It's me, Mark Lloyd. Shut up. Mark Lloyd. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Mark Lloyd? The Mark Lloyd is actually talking to The Rock. We'll let The Rock ask you one question. Who in the bluest of blue hells is Mark Lloyd?
1: And finally he just pushes him out of the camera and takes his mic from him. And this is great. He probably he still if talks if a... to
0: his therapist about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I think he asked if he's a hermaphrodite or something like that. Oh, he's playing with himself. He's, he's, he's just going it's all over brutal. about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm not leaving tonight until I'm done with Taker and Angle. So let's get to the main event. I'll rush to it here because, it's again, it's a big main event for John Cena. Uh, he waits for Taker to enter the ring because he's, he's not stupid enough to get in the ring with Angle and Jericho. He's going to wait. So, But, again, he's just getting thrust into the main event on his second show, which is crazy. But um, good match here. Um, uh, there's an unnecessary rep bump near the end. And, and the last ride attempt on Jericho, t- which turns into an angle slam on a Taker, the ref gets thrown back in it's two count Cena gets a hot tag right here Jericho goes for a lion salt and as he does Taker just punches him in the face which makes Jericho <laughs> fall over yeah and Jericho sells like he got hit with a mallet I mean it's great he just falls dead and um, as he does that Cena winds up pinning him with an Oklahoma roll out of nowhere and just wow. pins Jericho yep he's shooting him to the moon I know man so um, and just I just it made me think about imagine if they got behind somebody like an EC3 or something like Instead of having him just debut backstage looking in the mirror, put him in a match in a main event. Even have him win like on a fluke like this. You know, this is how you push new talent. You know, this is how you do it. You don't just bring them up from NXT and assume everybody knows who they are. You know, we didn't know who their prototype was, or we weren't supposed to know. So I don't know. I just they did a good job back then of pushing this new talent.
0: They did. And then the funny thing is that they're kind of lose faith in, faith in him uh, after yeah, a couple of right. months, and then it's going to yeah. end up being a random backstage promo that's mm-hmm. going to save his career here. But uh, yeah, you know, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later on as we head into the go home week for the pay per view. Finally, here we'll try to run through some of this stuff, although it's uh, pretty pretty important here to the build up to the match. Uh,
1: Oh, let uh, me just finish up yeah, that slide oh, yeah, real sorry. quick. Yeah. At, the, doing, well, yeah. at the very end no, yeah, that's the end of the match where there's some shenanigans at the end. They're all basically trading, you know, Jericho, Cena, Taker, are all and angle are all trading, you know, moves on each other and reversing each other and Taker has Angle and taker care of business and angle's actually tapping out. Rock comes out, rock bottom's taker, angle and rock go at it, rock takes out angle with a rock bottom to end the show. So rock is standing tall and just in one night when the rocks come back. They've got me stoked for this three-way, yep. man. Like it, this storytelling, this build, all of them fighting the whole night is just—it's crazy how threading the storyline through a whole show can actually make it pay off, and make it excited for something. Wish they'd try that nowadays. But that <laughs> takes us to Raw. So, anyway, I wanted to just cap that off there. No,
0: absolutely, that's good stuff. And July fifteenth, two thousand two, this episode of Raw—they do more of that, threading this through the entire show. And they're building up multiple things here. I don't know. They're doing such a good job of balancing it. I wish they did this now. But Mm we actually get a cold open to start off Raw, where Paul Heyman and Undertaker are in the locker room discussing another big partnership for Undertaker tonight as he's going to team up with the next big thing, Brock Lesnar, on Raw. Uh, So going back. Who's a heel. Exactly. He's a heel. (laughs) He's he's teaming with the young heel tonight up against Ric Flair and Rob Van Damme. So, I mean, that's just a crazy matchup right there. Uh, Just just as crazy as the one you talked about. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Paul Mm. is building up Undertaker, buttering him up, saying it's an honor for Brock to team with him tonight. And I hope, Undertaker, I hope you retain the title at Vengeance so Brock Lesnar can have the honor of you facing you at SummerSlam. And Undertaker says, well, you better wish that I lose at Vengeance because I've made a career out of taking out the next big thing and making them famous by disappearing. And which is true. Uh, Heyman backpedals and is like, oh, well, let's just focus on tonight, and tries to pat Undertaker (laughs) on the shoulder, and Undertaker says, don't ever touch me again, and (laughs) sends Heyman scurrying away. And then, I don't have to talk too much about this, but it's become quite the trend here on Raw of getting another earth-shattering announcement that's going to change the face of WWE altogether again, as Vince McMahon comes out to the nwo music as he walks down the highway, mm. a sight you never thought you'd see and he's like i just want to give the crowd one more chance to hear that nwo music because the nwo is history they are no more their era is over so he brought them into the wwe i guess he can take them out of the wwe and tell them well, they're he, over
1: he brought him in his cancer i guess they're on remission now so yeah i mean we'll that's go. good
0: news yeah
1: yeah exactly it's good
0: news <laughs> Uh, Vince says they're about to... He goes through all these different eras of the WWE, talking about the the Buddy Rogers era, the Billy Graham era, the Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Stone Cold era. They've all made their mark, but it's time to change. And the 500th episode of Raw is coming up soon, but now it's time to shake up the WWE altogether. Again, this is like the third or fourth time we've said that in so many months. So that's all leading to... Vince announcing two general managers to run the different brands, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. And, of course, the general manager of Raw is going to be none other than Eric Bischoff coming in in a mind-blowing surprise. Nobody Dude. saw it coming. I don't think there are any spoilers or anything online. They did a great job of keeping it mm. a secret. It was a crazy, insane moment. Comes they out. gave
1: it away right before commercial. Remember? They did. He, he sees Booker T backstage. It was so weird. Dude, I was at I was at Hilton Head Island with my my mom. It was just me and my mom there on vacation. I can't remember if you called me and told me to watch this or something, or if I just had it on in the room. But I remember seeing that and just being just going insane, man. i probably called you right afterward because we had cell phones at this point in our lives. But well, I remember you know, it was crazy.
0: Talking about giving it away before the big reveal, I think they wanted people to call their friends and tell oh, them. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bishop's on RAW. What the heck? Maybe yep. time to do that. So maybe it worked here. But uh, Eric Bischoff remains my favorite general manager of any yes. WWE show ever. Yes. <laughs> He's so great in this role, although he gives a way too long promo on this episode of Raw that goes on forever. Mm-hmm. It's like one of his monologues on his podcast. It just kind of goes nowhere. Cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could have cut six minutes off of it. Gave but, us Busta
0: Rhymes. I uh, oh, wish we had more of that. <laughs> But back to Undertaker, He after Bischoff's promo, he's talking to Brutus the Bradshaw beefcake backstage <laughs> for, uh, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they're wondering about, well, what's Bischoff going to do? We heard all these rumors about him in WCW. And Bischoff comes up to Undertaker. He says, "God,
2: can't be worse than Victor, man, can he? Can he? Uh, Undertaker. Undertaker. You're the guy. I've been dying to meet you. I I just want you to know I've been following your career for so long. You're the one guy I really was hoping that I could get to come to WCW. But I guess loyalty, yeah, meant more to you than than money. But, hey, that's either here or there.
0: And I can't wait to work with you tonight. And Bradshaw kind of butts in there, interrupts, tries to introduce himself. I'm the hardcore champion. And Bischoff's like, okay, that's great. Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) And uh, he walks away pointing an undertaker and takers skeptical at best of bischoff here uh and unfortunately they're not going to have much interaction because pretty soon after this undertaker's going to go to smackdown and pretty much be there for the entirety of bischoff's run so mm-hmm. kind of sad we don't get to talk about him too much
1: yep i know
0: well Heyman goes up to brock backstage Who's using a piece of the Raw staging to just do (laughs) curls and warm up, which is a great visual. Uh, Lesnar's like, did you talk to Taker tonight? And Heyman says, oh yeah, he bought everything I was selling. So apparently the plan is to use Undertaker to soften up RVD for Brock's match Uh with RVD on Sunday. And... Uh, We we do more stuff in the show. Heyman's pumping up Lesnar again for the match and says, the anticipation for vengeance is better than sex, which feels like a line Vince McMahon gave him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not as good as a crossword puzzle party, but... (laughs) Taker uh, sneaks up on them while they're talking and just kind of stares down Lesnar. Heyman's trying to ease the tensions between them, but Lesnar tells Heyman to shut up and Lesnar's like, Taker, why don't you walk out first tonight? And Taker is like, no, 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 I insist that you walk out first. So Taker gives up his right and allows yeah, Lesnar yeah. to walk out first. Taker gets a big pop, as we've been saying here lately, even though he's you know in this tweener role here. He gets a good reaction, uh, and Dude, it's a treat getting to see Undertaker up against two of our favorite opponents of his, RVD and Flair, one more time here in this tag match, and Taker's going to get the pin over RVD after a last ride, but Brock Lesnar attacks his own partner after the match, gives him an F5, and then picks up that undisputed title and gives it a look before laying it over Taker's body here. So, kind of weird, Taker's going down a weekend before the pay-per-view, but again, we're It's all about building up Brock Lesnar right now, and it's also setting the seeds for after SummerSlam for a few months from now, building up a potential rivalry. So it's good (coughs) storytelling.
1: Oh, yeah, it is, man. And uh, that's going to head us into SmackDown 152 on July 18th, the go-home show here for for Vengeance. And, uh, again, we find out the new general manager of SmackDown, but uh, Mark Lloyd is waiting on him in the parking lot, and he approaches his limousine to find Eric Bischoff. So... I just wrote one of my notes, what about the brand split? So oh, it's anyway. It's so
0: terrible during the st- there's people jumping yeah. in from show to show for the next yeah. few weeks. It's it's so
1: Which terrible. Kinda like nowadays because there's a superstar right. shakeup and people are getting shaken up back and forth to different shows. So, <laughs> they shake anyway. to one
0: show and then shake back over. To <laughs> exactly.
1: To one. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they, um lots of interaction backstage between Vince and Bischoff and anyway, basically Bischoff's trying to sign the rock. And the reason I'm just mentioning that is because Rock is feuding with Taker here, you know. So I'm not going to go too much into that, but he's also saying that he's going to at vengeance. Apparently, him and Stephanie are going to vie for Triple H's uh, as a commodity on their show. See, see which show he's going to be with. But in a a change of pace here, Cole shows us a sit-down interview with Taker from earlier in the day. It's really neat, man. It's really cool because it's just a empty arena. It's just Taker and Cole sitting there, and um. They're talking about the match on Sunday, so Taker's like, you know, I want you to sit back and pay attention. He says, you know, I'm the undisputed champion, not because I've kissed somebody's butt or been protected since I've won this title. I've defended it against anybody that has stepped up, which is true. <laughs> and he okay. says, you know, the reason I'm the champ is because there's nobody that can beat me in a championship match, which I do like that he, he said that because he has been beaten. You know, Angle beat him, but... He hasn't lost in a championship match, so he said, like, "You know, Rock decides to decide to step up at King of the Ring because he knows that one on one he can't beat me. And he needs to realize that when he gets, when he got my attention, he should expect my wrath as well."
2: He thinks he made me tap, Michael Cole. How should I put this? If Kurt Angle and I had a thousand matches in a thousand consecutive days, Kurt Angle cannot make me tap.
1: I pinned him one (laughs) Yeah, I like that. He's done the math, you know. Yeah. He says, you know, I pinned him one, two, three and then he says, Sunday at Vengeance, Rock and Angle will find out why this ring is my yard. I'm coming to take the yard. If you're caught in it, you're gonna pay. Which just made me think, Oh no, the music's about to change, isn't it? You're gonna pay. You're You're
2: gonna gonna pay pay.
1: (laughs) So uh, but this this promo was fantastic a nice change of pace and as he's going over all the stuff it's got video spliced in of like four weeks ago when he's okay. getting pinned okay. two weeks ago he's tapping it's just really neat to see that so anyway um rocks backstage with bischoff and says you know i'm gonna beat taker for the title on sunday and then you'll have me on monday on raw you know and that's how you're gonna get me on on your show so i can go to any show i want to raw smackdown the Osborns the sopranos <laughs> Frazier, and uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) one of those is not like the other. (laughs) That's not a timely, timely one. Well, Bischoff's like, you know, I wish you were on Nitro years ago. And and Rock's like, you know, well, while you had Nitro, I was busy putting your company out of business. Then he walks off. So (laughs) exactly, (laughs)
0: can't come back from that.
1: (laughs) Nope. So um, Vince comes out, introduces a new SmackDown GM, and uh, tells all the wrestlers they're free to negotiate. If they think the grass is greener on the other side, so that's the loophole of how we're going to switch sides here soon. Because,
0: okay.
1: um, I think he just brought Benoit to, to Raw like last week, right? And then he's going to switch SmackDown like next
0: week. It's yeah, right. it's so, aggravated so anyway.
1: But um, anyway, Stephanie at is debuts as the general manager, which um she's kind of heelish here, but um she eventually is going to become the babyface to um to Eric Bischoff's heel. So anyway. I don't have to spend too much time In on theory. her, anyway.
0: <laughs> Some people it, just still hated her.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, anyway, um, she uh, Angle comes out for the main event, cuts a promo saying he's going to win on Sunday. It's a foregone conclusion. I'm making everyone tap there. So. And then Taker actually comes out next instead of Rock. He's you know, supposed to be Rock and Angle. So Taker comes out and uh, sits at the commentary table with Taz and Michael Cole, and I was super excited, but he doesn't put a headset Aww.
2: on
1: ah I know, man. Dang it. But it did make it kind of cool because, honestly, he probably shouldn't have been on commentary. His character shouldn't he was just focused on these two guys. Yeah. Watching them, you know. But me, selfishly, I wanted to hear some promo from this guy. Like back in 99 when he was hurt and just commentating on him and
0: Big Show's matches.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, Rock and Angle, great match. These guys are phenomenal. I mean, I just – 2001, 2002, main events are stellar. You know, there's everyone on every show is pretty much fantastic. So, anyway, uh, the end comes when Angle and Rock are on the outside fighting right in front of the commentary table. If you've ever watched an episode of wrestling in your life, you know where this is going. Um, Angle bumps into Taker, who then shoves him. Rock goes for a clothesline, but Angle ducks and he winds up hitting Undertaker. So, back in the ring, and Taker gets on the apron, but Rock knocks him off. Um, spine buster, people's elbow, but as The Rock's going for that, Taker runs in, clotheslines him, beats on him with the ground and pound, angle attacks from behind with a chair on The Taker, uh, gets an ankle lock on The Rock, and The Rock taps out, but it doesn't matter because the match is over. It's a DQ. He's just proven that he can make Rock tap. You know, Angle stands tall here, so you know he's not winning in three days, basically, <laughs> if you can do your WWE <laughs> math. So, yeah. But why would we end the show on the main event? Let's end it with Triple H getting into a limo with Eric Bischoff as he asked Stephanie McMahon if she's gained weight. So that's how we end the show. <laughs> we, haven't seen the Triple show. H. we haven't seen Triple H in a month, <sighs> and there he is. So. Yeah. There you go,
0: anyway. 2002 for you right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. That, takes, that brings us to vengeance. Yes, yeah, it does, man. July 21st,
0: 2002 from the Joe the Joe, <laughs> detroit michigan man
1: uh you ever seen this one dude i i can't i don't remember if i've ever seen it unless you and me watch it together i just remember being excited for the card again this is back in the day when we had to rent the videos you know we couldn't stream them or you know watch them online illegally or anything but i just remember this main event being really highly talked about for years as being the best three-way there was and just the undercar was full of fun matches and stuff, and, but I don't remember if I've ever seen this match, though, honestly, unless I, you and I watched it
0: together. I remembered it. I, I'd seen it before at some point, whether it was on this DVD or on one of these other guys' DVD, some rock yeah. DVD or angle DVD or something, but I, I'd seen it before. I hadn't seen it in a long time, but yeah, kind of felt the same way about this show. like didn't jump out to me the card didn't you know seem all that exciting at first but man the main event is gonna make up for it here tonight but i did remember this uh theme song for the show whatever <laughs> this another good wrestling song or whatever i don't even remember what it's called but it, oh but yeah. i think
1: it's truth company or trust company it's the song's called the downfall or something oh like that right God. yeah it's awful <laughs>
0: <laughs> that song was like on the radio though back then like, oh uh, yeah it was all over the place
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: but uh this uh show opens with the video package with I think the only bible verse that Mr man knows because it's the pulp fiction bible <laughs> verse that Samuel <laughs> Jackson says Ezekiel 25 17 about. You will know that I am the Lord, or with furious vengeance, or whatever it is. I don't even know, but it
1: has nothing to do with the build-up. Absolutely nothing. It just has the word vengeance in it. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's going to open the show, and you know, there is not too much going on during the show. Like it seems like they were kind of rushed for time on this show because you can see it kind of in the entrances for these guys when they come out. They go real quick through their entrances. So there is just a couple things to talk about.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, as, as we've talked about the commentary teams, Taz and Michael Cole sign a deal, I guess, with Jr. and King during Heat, and they actually get to call the first half of the show, so and King and Jr. gets called the second half. So again, this main event is a SmackDown main event, and King and Jr. are on commentary. So go figure. But yeah, a couple threads throughout the show. But you know what? That,
0: it bugs me nowadays that Corey Graves is on both shows. Like they, hate, they
1: don't they don't trust anybody that. else. But I don't get so, it. Yeah. It's
0: like. Separate brands, but the oh, know, announcer, one announcer gets
1: to be on both brands. Like, come on. Yep. What are we doing? Yep. I know. Um, well, throughout the show, the whole thing is the signing of Triple H, which, spoiler alert, he eventually chooses Raw. HBK helps him out. But it's like a segment in the middle of the ring. Like, yeah. it's almost like a Raw segment. It's weird. But anyway, Bischoff does run into Angle backstage and says, you know, I want you on Raw. And Angle's like, i got to undisputed title to win, but then I'm going to bring it to Raw with me tomorrow. And Bischoff's like, thumbs up, man. Like, He loves that idea, so... But, yeah, Rock comes out first for this match. Like you said, it's really quick. He kind of just bolts out there. And, yeah, I don't know if they're pressed for time or what, but um, we get this match gets time. But, um, yeah, this the show's only about two and a half hours long, I think, 2.35 maybe. So I don't know what the deal was this match. Maybe they shouldn't have enough planned or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, probably Triple H's promo ran long. <laughs> yeah, guess. go figure. <laughs> well, Undertaker comes out. Uh, he comes out third because he's the champ, you know. Um, yep, as he should. Here, Jr. Notes on commentary that this is the same arena where Undertaker won his very first world championship, all the way back yeah. in November of nineteen ninety-one. So it's awesome. Nice reference there from Jr. And looks like Taker has washed all of the back black dye out of his hair. He's back to being the Red Devil yet again, one hundred percent this time.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. And then this, uh, the the blue. They don't start this match like just slugging away. They um very cautious to get things going. I kind of like the way they are not sure who to who's gonna you know strike first. And so, but then we get Taker and starts pointing at the Rock, you know, because he's got beef with him for sticking his nose in his business back at King of the Ring, and they go face to face. And Angle's over there behind them like a little cartoon, like jumping up and down, like hello, hello, <laughs> hello,
0: it's me, I'm here. And
1: uh yeah, and they just both. Punch him in the face. It's great, man. I loved it. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly.
0: He gets clotheslined out, and then Taker and Rock square off. And JR is sure to remind us that this this isn't a movie premiere, and this ain't about Michael Clark Duncan. This is for the WWE Championship. So just want us to be sure. Not about uh, Buster Rhymes either. This is all about the title here. Uh, You know, the Rock's co star, Michael Clark Duncan. May he rest in peace.
1: Right. I'm surprised he's not in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. Honestly, a big fan. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So like I said, they're they're getting things going here, and Taker is on the outside, and I think Angle it just throws him into the stairs, and he just takes a nap. Taker's gone for like four minutes here, so he does we a big flip
0: him, over the stairs, yeah, he hits him and knocks him out Mick, for Mick, a minute.
1: Mick Foley bump over the stairs, yep. and uh. This is one of the matches where we kind of see what the trend is nowadays, where it's two guys fight, one guy sleeps, two guys fight, one guy sleeps. But not not all of it. I just, the beginning part is kind of like that. It's going to pick up in a few minutes here. But the beginning was definitely like that. And I was like, where the heck
0: is Tanker? He's gone. He's out for it's a just, minute. Yeah. So, but anyway. So, Rock pulls Angle into the ring, and Angle hits some big suplexes on Rock, stomps a mud hole on Mm And Rock on the corner, Angle's very intense here during this match, but he gets a little too cocky, goes a little too long, Rock gets his signature DDT for a two count, and then Rock and Angle go to the outside and start brawling again, and Taker sits up, I guess, (laughs) we don't see him sit up, but he gets back into things, uh, catching Angle with a big clothesline to get himself back into the match.
1: Yeah, and as he does that, King goes.
0: Oh, I forgot about him for a second. <laughs> <laughs> He's only the champion. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but you know, I was kind of with him. But yeah, uh, Taker goes after Rock against the barricade. You know, throwing him against that and booting him against it, rolls him in the ring, punching him. You know, Rock starts firing back. Taker to the sidewalk slam. Taker again, always going for pins, man. He is. Going for getting those two counts. And then, in a strange twist. The Rock choke slams the Undertaker.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> this was awesome. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. No, a, a Rock goes for a pin. A angle makes the save on a two count, and that's kind of kind of start the the thread yes. of this match, stealing each other's moves, and it's an awesome touch right here as Angle turns around and he hits a Rock Bottom on the Rock to continue the thread going on. Taker breaks it up. And give some punches to angle and
1: then what does Undertaker do? The Undertaker grabs Kurt Angle, hits him in an angle slam. Oh my and god. The, the rock breaks up that count and this is just crazy, man. I just again nowadays uh, this would kind of be common, but again, put yourself in two thousand two. Um, this is pretty new. Pretty unheard of still in each other's finishers. And hitting them one after another, so it was really, really cool. So and
0: the crowd eats it up too. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, they're loving it, man. And um, yeah, crowds just popping for all these big moves here. And um, Taker her gets the elbow to the rock, but he kicks up and punches Undertaker, and that always gets a big pop when the you know anybody hops up like that. So um, he throws Angle out of the ring, goes for a people's elbow on Taker, and he just he nails it. I, I thought Taker was going to sit up or something, honestly. Yeah, and uh, he nails it. Um, so,
0: Angle comes in because uh, Undertaker kicks out of that. He's got some more punches and kicks on Undertaker in the corner, but Undertaker fights back with some of his own. Hits a big running clothesline on Angle in the corner. And, they, you know, they're going back and forth with each other. Uh, they finally go to the outside, and The Rock comes into things, uh, and he. <laughs> He's got a big mouthful of water in his mouth and just spits water like the Great Muda into or Tajiri into Undertaker's face to break things up. <laughs> he just thought of that on the spot. I'm pretty sure. I know,
1: man. Yeah, Taker had just thrown Kurt Angle into the ring post, and yeah, he turns around Rock, she's like, and rocks. just like, spews it in his face, man. It's great. And uh, Rock nails, the, or excuse me, Taker nails the Rock's face into the announce table repeatedly, and then. Taker attacks angle on the apron and drops the leg on him like we've seen. And at this point, we see the angle is busted open from that ring post. Um, So, again, got to get blood here.
0: Dude, I couldn't tell. Was that hard way? I couldn't quite tell because it didn't didn't look like a normal blade. It kind of looked like it was coming from, like, under his eye or something. I couldn't quite tell.
1: It could have been. I don't know. I mean, he hit the ring post, and that's just when I saw it, that he he had been busted open. So I don't know.
0: It looks like Wendy would normally do a blade job, but it just looked – it didn't look like how blood normally looks in wrestling. I I couldn't quite tell.
1: Yeah, it wasn't – if it was a blade job, it wasn't well done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it didn't look like it was coming from the middle of his forehead. Right. Uh, Yeah. Then Undertaker's going to head up top and connect with old school. The crowd loves that as usual and Undertaker gets a two count, but The Rock makes the save here. We're getting some great near falls. hmm Undertaker hits a DDT on Rock. Rock kicks out a two on that one, and then Angle's going to decide to try to bring a chair into things.
1: Yeah, the, the, the wrestler goes and grabs a chair on the outside because
0: he's a heel.
1: And uh, Taker goozles The Rock inside, but uh, going, getting ready for a chokeslam, but Angle is going to attack him with a chair. But... Uh, Taker actually punches him before he can hit him with it. So, and then Angle is just basically playing. He's he's basically a volleyball going back and forth between the <laughs> rock and Undertaker. Just getting punched in the face, and it's just so it's like kind of cartoony and funny. But it's like I don't know. They just make it serious. It's, it's it's really funny to watch. And Kurt Kurt Angle is just so good, man. He's just incredible to watch him take a beating.
0: He's so great funny. in that role, absolutely. Yeah. Taker reverses a rock bottom, hits a choke slam, but the rock ends up kicking Taker yeah. in the Death Valley blow and kind of falls back into Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner gets sandwiched in between everybody, and he goes down because you got to have a ref bump and all this yep. stuff, <laughs> and that allows Angle to nail Undertaker with the chair, even though it should be no DQ because it's a terrible right. threat. I don't know why they really needed to do that, but you know. Yeah. Whatever, brain scrambling chair shot there on Undertaker. Angle hits the Angle Slam on Rock, but he goes to pin Undertaker, but he kicks out. So Angle climbs oh, over to Rock, man. and then he kicks out too. Just good psychology yeah. there from Kurt Angle.
1: Oh yeah, and those two kickouts were like on two point nine man. They were just right to last year. The crowd, the crowd just pops for them both. And um, like I said, all three of them were down. Angle gets up first. But the rock hits the dragon screw right into the old sharpshooter here. So, um, and again, I cannot put over how poorly done the sharpshooter is. But anyway, <laughs> it still it still looks bad. But anyway, um, Taker boosts the rock in the head to break it up, and Taker hits the last ride to the rock, um, which should be the end of the match, you think? And Taker covers him, but Angle breaks it up by grabbing Taker into to an ankle lock. So man, it's just man, it's just fast paced and just rolling, man. This match is great
0: it's it's like trying to beat the computer on a triple threat on hard yeah. like extreme <laughs> yes. difficulty like you've got yeah. to, everyone keeps breaking up your pin every single time no matter yep. what you do taker gets rock up for a last ride but angle makes the save and locks undertaker in an ankle lock undertaker struggling in pain but is able to roll out of it and he goes to give angle the last ride but Playing off of their SmackDown match, Angle locks in that mm-hmm. triangle off the last ride. and They kind of struggle around in that. As Taker tries to choke Angle, tries to get out of it. Taker tries to slam Angle down, but Angle kind of locks it on even harder. And Earl Hebner goes to lift Taker's arms up to see if he's going to submit, and they fall down twice. But before it goes down the third time, Rock makes the save and breaks the hold up.
1: Oh, yeah, he does, man. And then uh, after that, we get. A rock Bottom reversed into an ankle lock from Kurt Angle. Um, the Rock, excuse me. Uh, they roll through that ankle lock though for a pin attempt at two, and then a choke slam from to Kurt Angle from the Undertaker. Uh, rock gets a Rock Bottom taker, but he kicks out at two point nine. And dude, the crowd is loving this part. Jr. is on fire. King is on fire. There. This is the greatest Triple Threat they've ever seen at this point. They're just putting it over so so big. It's so it's so fun, man. Angle rolls up the rock for a two-count, hits an angle-slam to Taker, and then pulls the straps down for that rating, oh, <laughs> mating, yeah. rating,
0: mating ritual. He's ready to go. <laughs> he, uh, But unfortunately, he walks into a rock bottom, and the rock pins Angle. Undertaker goes to make the save, and he's just a quarter of a second too late as the rest yeah. hand hits the mat. And the rock wins the Undisputed Championship even though he didn't pin the champion here. And The Rock becomes the first ever seven-time champion in WWE history, as JR yeah. notes. And like you said, man, this is one of the best triple threats ever. JR says it's the best one he's ever seen. And mm-hmm. King points out that Undertaker is not going to be happy about this because he lost the title without being involved in the finish.
1: Right, exactly. And, um, man, I just I really liked how You know even though rock one taker was there to almost knock him off you know it wasn't like he was asleep outside and had to jump in and crawl in and just you know miss him he was right there you know he just got to him a second too late you know and it was great man 19 minutes 35 seconds it didn't feel that long to me though it felt real fast-paced i guess once it picks up kind of near the middle there just man it was just fast-paced and fun man and uh, like you said jr says it's the most physical three-way he's ever seen and Probably up to this point, this was the best three-way I've I've seen. Better since then, but up to this point, this was really uh, just a blueprint for how to do a great three-way. Because again, at the end here, you got all three of them involved. All these false finishes. The crowd is just popping more and more for each one. It is just this match would stand on on a takeover event nowadays i really do think so that's
0: a that's a great point i think people sleep on this match i know i mm-hmm. forgotten about it i remembered it after watching it. i remember oh yeah that was really good but i think i can't remember watching forget it about it man yeah uh and it we've covered some rough three-way matches that didn't quite click <laughs> yeah. but these guys do it man so many finishers so many stealing finishers and, and the near falls and everything you know it's a little slow at the beginning with some of the punching yeah. kick and kicking and sleeping or whatever. But, dude, the last 10 minutes, it's absolutely worth going out of your way to see, especially if you haven't seen it in a long time. And it's historic because this is the last time we'll ever see Undertaker wearing the WWE Championship. He'll never hold that classic, original lineage of the WWE title. It'll only be the world title or the SmackDown title uh, from now on, the big gold belt. He's never gonna hold this one oh, wow. again.
1: I didn't even think about that. That's true though. Um, hey, do you think that the Rock became the first ever seven-time champ just to stick it to Austin? Weren't they both six-time champs at that point?
0: You know, I don't remember how many there
1: were. I can't remember I, how many Austin. I can Austin see that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can mean, see when Vince he plays doing in, that? You know, they're gonna go with Brock and Rock. But anyway, I just I wonder if he's like, hey, you'll have one more than Rock than Austin will, which uh, you know, Austin was they were soured on Austin at this point, so. But yes, they were. Anyway. But I'm interested to see where this match is going to hold up in our top 10 uh, of this era of Undertaker. Yeah, so think, I'm excited. I think
0: it's got, made a good case for it. But yeah, we'll get there in a few weeks. We want to hear what you guys felt about this match. Do you remember it being as good? Do you have a different opinion? Were you there? Any of that stuff. Hit us up on social media at TalkingTaker over there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We always love interacting with you and hearing from you. We got a few of you that talked about this one here. We actually had a couple people that were there at this show. Of course, our time traveling correspondent, Randy (laughs) Turco. We got another Randy's (laughs) Roundup here. He's of course he's got his ticket. Of course he's got his event card there with all the notes on there. And love seeing those. Thanks for sharing them. He called it the greatest three-way ever on pay-per-view. It was his third and final pay-per-view of 2002 getting to go see. and He was starting to see Taker as champ, even though the storyline was kind of telegraphing that it was going to be Rock winning that night to go on to face Brock Lesnar, which is kind of true. I'm glad to see his SmackDown crush, Stephanie McMahon, there, but the best (laughs) part of this is that Randy got to meet Brock Lesnar at a little meet and greet there in in Minneapolis, I guess, at Mall of America a little while later and shared the picture of Brock Lesnar. I mean, you would never see Brock doing this these days, but... No, you know, cool to see that, and very very 2002 picture of these guys there. Oh yeah, getting to see Brock Lesnar, and then going to a Foo Fighters show right afterward. Sounds like a perfect 2002 day right there. Oh
1: yeah, I'm jealous of both those things. So.
0: And then uh, Mike Wazowski, uh, or Mike w- Wicowski, excuse me, uh, at Mw104 <laughs> <Mike> Dub- <Wazowski. laughs> <M-Dub 104 laughs> said that. Ah, your paperwork. Sorry. <laughs> He said it was a fun pay-per-view. Even better when you get pointed at by the Hulkster to give him a few seconds of screen time. And showed him with his Hulkamaniacs. He had a couple guys there with him holding some Hulkamaniac signs out there. Uh, Cool to see that on screen. Always fun when you get shouted out like that. Awesome, Mike. Shout out to the Downturn Podcast, who's talking about the Jeff Hardy Match shared an excellent Jim Ross gif on our page. Yes. <laughs> that infamous climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous line. Shout that out. And, uh, of course, shout out to our boys over at the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Not mentioned them lately, but they continue to do their great thing. We haven't been talking about Stone Cold much lately, but they are right yeah, at, well the prime <laughs> spot of his career. They're getting ready. Right, they're talking about some of his matches with Undertaker there in 1998. So go give them a listen to hear the the perspective from Stone Cold side as they go through his career. We appreciate them and all the shout-outs they give us. And we hope you guys will join us as we continue on this journey through The Undertaker as he moves on from this incredible run as WWE Champion to go on to SummerSlam next week to face <laughs> Test? Really? Is that is that what's happening next week? Okay, I guess we'll talk about that. I don't
1: I don't know. I'm so interested to see how we get there because I cannot for the life of me remember how yeah. we get to fall that far. From
0: the of <laughs> event to test. All right. Well, we'll get there. But uh, I've already started watching, man. It's There's some stuff to talk about. I can't no, wait all right, to get man.
1: there. I'm excited.
0: Uh, we'll be there next week. We hope you'll join us and listen wherever you listen Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, all those great outlets. If you don't mind subscribing, leaving us a rating or a review on there, it would go to help the show out. And of course, you know, spreading the word is always good. If you want to drop a few bucks our way and pick up a Talk and Take or t shirt, we got a few different designs on there. Take your care of business, of course. Get the tank top or the hoodie or get a sticker or a mug or something like that. It goes a long way to help support the show. And it means the world to us to do that. So, thank you for joining us here yet again tonight. And we can't wait to continue on to episode 90 next week.
1: True, episode 90, the SummerSlam 02. We're going to get to that. What a great show that was. Do not recall this Test Undertaker <laughs> match. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it. That match is uh, overshadowed by the entire rest of the card, in my opinion. So, anyway, we'll get there. But yeah, we've already heard from some people who were there at the Joe. On uh, July 21st, 2002, if any of you other creatures of night were there, let us know. Let us know what you remember about this match. Uh, yeah, this is a great three-way. You know, what are some other three-ways you think are better than this or up to this point? You know, I, I, I could name some that are better nowadays, but up to this point, any other three-ways that put this match to shame, I don't know. But we'll see. But anyway, if you were there, let us know. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, your RTC co-captain is here to say, take her easy.
2: <laughs> Bustin' Rock is the undisputed champion of hip-hop! The Bustin' Rock says this, The Rock knows you've been busy, you've been putting it down, doing your thing. The album dropped, Genesis, hot-ass album. You got a new movie, Halloween Resurrection, coming out tomorrow! But hey, uh, Rock just wanted to ask you something, uh, just just between you and The Rock. Hey, uh, you don't. You don't get killed in this one, do you? Hell no. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure because you know Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason. Man, they always go after the brother first. You know that. They always go after the brother first. You know that, right? So, you, so not you. Not in this case. I, I'm. I'm putting the smack down on their ass. Well, I can tell you what, since you're right here in the people's ring, we are surrounded by the people. How about you and The Rock sing a little song for Atlantic City? You people want to hear Buster Rhymes and The Rock sing a song? Alright, I'm going to set it off like this. Rocky. I got you. I I, I see what you're saying. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to do this song for Atlantic City tonight. I said, I'm going to do this song for Atlantic City tonight. Oh, so y'all want a song? Well, here it go. Up, y'all. AC is one of my favorite cities. I love to look at grown women with them big ass. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't sing a song like that, not on SmackDown. No, you, can, yeah, you can't sing a song like that. The sort of kind of song you want to sing, that's on that porno called uh, Smack Up, if you know what I'm talking about. That ain't on this show. All right. The Rock had a little something, a little bit more personal in mind, since Atlantic City is famous for a lot of things, including its boardwalk. So, this is what The Rock had in mind, something like this. Under, oh, The Rock is going to break it down, hold on one second there, baby. Something like this. Under the boardwalk. We'll be looking up at the sky under the boardwalk. We'll be eating some pie. And... Something like that. Looking up in the sky, eating the pie. Boardwalk. Okay. I right, here you go. Under the boardwalk. Rockin' Buster at last. Under the boardwalk. We gonna be whooping some (laughs) man. Under the boardwalk. Boardwalk.